All right, hi everyone, and welcome to Oscar Poker. This is Sasha Stone with AwardsDaily.com. And this is Jeffrey Wells of Hollywood Elsewhere. Right. All right. And um, and what what are we going to talk about today? So I wanted to uh, compliment you on your early reviews. Um, you you posted a couple of them, I think, of David Fincher's The Killer because it it. Um, uh, I have often agreed with you, not always, of course, but not often agreed with you, but I've never agreed with you so fully uh, about what kind of a film it is and what a really a beautiful fantasy and a fascinating uh, world that he creates in The Killer, which I saw last night. Mm. And I ju- just thought you really nailed it. And I and I, I, I said, she completely understands the, the brilliance of this film. And it's funny because I was talking to... A few people. Um, I didn't talk to uh, Tamris, but I but I talked to uh, Thomas, but I talked to um, uh, Wilson Morales and some others, and I could tell right away they they just see it as a genre thing, and it's like oh it's pretty good, it's fine, you know. There was nobody was feeling the fervor that I was feeling, and you know I'm not going to argue with them, but I was realizing it's just that it's so um, they're so m- missing uh, the brilliance of this film. What a well, it's an absolute repeat viewing experience for me. Yes. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah, um, all his movies are for me too, but this is especially so. Mm-hmm. It's because it's so clean and it doesn't have a lot of messy stuff in there that you know uh, every filmmaker has. And for someone like me that watches the other movie that I think is like this to me is Social Network, which yeah. is a perfect film, I think. Yep. And you could probably say the same thing about Zodiac um, is that they're just, and I would say seven also mm-hmm. is that they're just perfect. Yeah. You know? and, and some of his movies as good as they are, aren't perfect, right? Uh, Gone Girl's not perfect and Panic Room's not perfect and Mank isn't perfect. The but, game is not perfect. So yeah, but I love, that. I love the game. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I do love it. That's so good. Right. Oh, I love that. That movie is I mean, yes, there's things about it that I'm I'm not exactly fond of, but but I love it overall. I think it's fantastic. Um, Is there a moment where where Michael Douglas uh, jumps off a building and smashes through a glass, uh, kind of a a glass uh, ceiling, and uh, and he comes out of it okay because it was all you know he was feeling despair, but he turns out to be okay at the end. Mm. I just thought that was one of the worst. You know, it's just I didn't believe that for a second. I don't want to dwell on that, but I I just no. thought that was really a. Anyway, this is perfect, absolutely perfect. And I, um, you know, we're we're trained, we've been uh, trained like Pavlov, Pavlovian dogs to uh, expect that a person uh, like uh, like Michael Fassbender's character, uh, a professional assassin, that you know, he who lives by the sword will die by the sword, and without uh, spilling the beans. It's one of the few films that brilliantly sidesteps that rule. And um, it really is quite, um, uh, you know, it it really just kind of jumps over all that and and creates its own mythology, its own way of looking at about karma and and about a life. And I I just thought it was, you know, I I mean, I, I can... Barely contain myself. I was so delighted with it. So. I know, me too. I mean, I I thought it was. Um, I love a film about a unreliable narrator where they are, you know, it's the first person voiceover, and 
They think they have it all figured out, right? This guy, he thinks he's got it all figured out. If he sticks to the routine, <laughs> he mm -hmm. sticks to the plan, everything will work out just fine. He can, he, you know, uh, he can make money. He can kill people. He can do pr pull off perfect crimes. He'll never get caught. He'll never be d dangerous. He, you know, he's this person up here and, and all these other people are down here. And all mm -hmm. these other people are going through the suffering of daily life, and he's above that. He's removed from it because he's figured out how to live his life mm -hmm. in such a way that he's never going to get into messy entanglements. Um, he's never going to be suffering. He's never. He's not a sucker like everybody yeah. else down there, you know, in the world that's just living their lives and how they could be killed any minute. He's in a he's in a kill or be killed mode where he's figured out how to survive by being the killer mm -hmm. and not the victim. And then all of a sudden. You know, because life is happenstance, he is thrust into a situation where now he has to fight for his life, and he's the mm -hmm. victim suddenly. Mm -hmm. But because David Fincher's David Fincher, like, what is so fun about this movie isn't just that, because it's not, he's not taking us into a grungy, I mean, part of it is, some of it is a criminal element. But a lot of it is really nice hotels, <laughs> you know, airplanes, nice watches, nice technology. Every, you know, everything is like when he goes into his hotel room and he, you know, he gets his room service and he sets up. And every second he's worried, like any someone's going to burst in and kill him at any moment. You know, mm -hmm. that's it's what a, I love about it too. It's really the journey movie. I mean, I was of course paying attention as closely as I could, given that you can't hear most movies because of the way they're mixed. And there were some things I was not hearing as clearly as I'd like, and I'm very much looking forward to the subtitle version. I mean, I understood enough of it, so this wasn't a problem. Yeah. But I was really just enjoying the journey and the atmosphere of, of being with David Fincher, hopping around from, I know. from Paris to the Dominican Republic to Tampa, Florida. It was just delightful, delightful. And he is a man of taste. He really is. He's a, in his real life and in, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the, the, maybe people don't know that. I'm sure they do know that about him. But um, and, and this movie, to me, really, probably maybe more than any of his other films, um, mm -hmm. illustrates that. It really does show it's it in, in its own way. It's a personal movie for him because it is kind of in a weird sort of way, his own world. You know what I mean? That's exactly what I said this morning. When I said that it's about a side of me, Jeffrey, and of Fincher, of course, that loves being on the move and managing to slip slide away like Paul Simon, but in a good way. Mm -hmm. And about being blissfully free of conventional entanglements and concerned only with slick stealth and ducking out of sight and despite suffering a bruise or two, gaining the upper hand. It's a pure fantasy thing. Yeah, but it's a, a really of its own making, and it doesn't owe owe much to many other films. It's really on its own own planet in a sense. Yeah, it is. It's it's um, you know, it's discipline, 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 flail, right? Like it's everything is yeah. so disciplined and so perfectly fat, and that that is how he is as a filmmaker. But mm -hmm. there, but there's always going to be, you know, because life is life. There's always going to be that thing, that little thing, you know, that that disrupts. Yeah. A mistake, mm -hmm. or you know, you you, uh, because in his in his movies that he makes, he's so focused on little things, techniques, things people wouldn't even pay attention to, like mm -hmm. when this when you can hear the music. I think in this movie, it's even so specific that he's got sound coming out of each ear, each for the headphones. Like 
you can tell mm-hmm. which is the left and which is the right. Like it's that specific of the sound mm. for the music that he hears that it stops and it starts. Um, you know, you're never really just immersed fully in one of the songs. It's always interrupted. Mm. Just like his and, life. And the, and the act or the, the musicians, it's not so much Reznor and I'm sorry, Reznor's partner on this is uh, who's the other guy? Atticus Ross. Um, it's not so much those guys, although they're, they're brilliant, but it's the Smiths, right? The Smiths are what you hear mostly in terms of uh, musical tracks anyway. Yeah. And, uh, were you a Smith? fan all along or did you were you reminded of things that you like about it i think that what i like about it in this is um i like the nostalgia of it Mm. i feel like this character is very mournful of the past mournful of what life used to be like Mm -hmm. and um and uh, and and it captures it captures the anxiety and the alienation of our modern age of our post-covid Right. lockdown internet world where so many people are just glued to their phones and they're just not looking up right mm. and and I, I feel that in there and every time you hear that music it pulls you back to the past when it wasn't like that you know yeah. that's what i loved about it it was such a sort of a nostalgic romantic pullback you know to um to a different time I don't know what the film cost exactly, but um, I don't either. Uh, but you were you were not accurate when you told me it was a relatively fast shoot. It actually began shooting in the fall of twenty one and did not finish until roughly March of twenty two, mm. which means that it was wrapped about eighteen months ago. And um, I think they had to deal uh, with COVID in the meantime, though. Yeah, COVID was actually coming to an end as as uh, at that point. Um, uh, the the mask came off, at least in my realm, uh, by the end of twenty one. And uh, anyway, not to not to pick and and judge. I'm just saying, that, but it was a longish shoot. And I kind of there was a part of me that wanted uh, to see other atmospheres, other environments besides the relatively bland and familiar Tampa. And I love Chicago, of course, but what's the other one? Isn't the uh, it's Tampa? It's uh, New Orleans. Oh yeah, New Orleans and um, Dominican Republic, Paris. Yeah, yeah. Um, I didn't know. By the way, you don't know if that, I mean I was trying to identify that dome that we see in in Paris, and it doesn't really look like. Uh, it looks a little bit like the Pantheon, not the Pantheon. The uh, Oh yeah, the Pantheon, the the dome in the in the. I know. The, I couldn't figure out who it was that he was trying mm-hmm. to kill, mm-hmm. and I couldn't figure out where exactly they were. Right. Yeah, it's it was definitely the 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 fifth out on Dismal in, in the area of uh, of the of the Pantheon and the um, uh, the, the Sorbonne area. Uh, I knew I know Paris well enough, but I couldn't quite figure it out. But I absolutely d- delighted. In, in the intimacy, you know, there's a there's a way of of, of capturing uh, exotic cities. Like, for instance, when you see uh, uh, the latest Mission Impossible film, they make sure uh, in the in the cap in the using of locations to make sure that everybody can see the conventional popular sites that all the tourists know from having gone to yeah. Rome. There's always the Spanish Steps. There's always the pants. Uh, there's always the Colosseum. Uh, you know, there's a there's a familiarity to that, which I understand why they're true. But Fincher never does that. He lets you just kind of see what it is, and he never goes for the 
for the obvious, and it's um, I was just delighted that it that it did that. Oh, um, and did you notice a little tiny little detail like Michael Fassbender's character is very slim, and David Fincher shows that he's why he's slim. I don't know if you noticed that, but like he eats raw eggs, he eats his his breakfast thing, and he takes the bread off of it. <laughs> And like, actually, no, I didn't. But that's but such a weird, specific detail that, like, I appreciate because it's it's realistic. He's saying this guy is really slim and disciplined, but here's how he does it. Like, he's yeah. he's not even allowing himself to eat the bread. <laughs> you know. I know. I know. So. By the way, um, can we just drop off for one second? Um, did you happen to look at the uh, Jordan Rumi uh, Martin Scorsese poll and notice that the the most uh, popular of all these critics, 114 critics, yeah. they went exactly for the ones that any person who works in the real estate industry or, or in the trucking industry <laughs> voted for Goodfellas, Taxi Driver, and Raging Bull. Yes, of course, that's we all revere those films. I just thought it was so kind of dull in a way that they chose those, that nobody was very excited. Well, I think I picked, I participated in it, I think I picked two mm -hmm. of those, and then I picked... Uh, Departed, I think. The Departed. Yeah. As my third. I mean, mm -hmm. you know, look, I, it's hard to pick the best Scorsese movie, but I love, yeah. you know, I, I could do a list of 10 very easily, you know, that, that I think yeah. are absolutely top notch and, and they would include King of Comedy and they would include Wolf of Wall Street. Um, mm -hmm. those movies I love along with the, the famous ones. I'm, I've never been a major, major Goodfellas fanatic, although I do appreciate it as a really great movie. The tiny thing mm -hmm. that bugs me about it is her performance, I think is, is overwrought or too, too over the top. And, um, and that prevents me from wanting to like, she's always screaming in every <laughs> scene. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, uh, what was your what were your least what are your say three or four least favorite Scorsese films? I have my three, but what are yours? Uh, I've never been an After Hours fan, and I know that's scam. Oh, and and by the way, another top one of mine would be Life Lessons, the the movie that's embedded inside of the Nick Nolte one, right? Mm -hmm. About the yeah. paint. That's a pretty good film. Yeah, I like that a lot. That's one of his best movies, honestly. Yeah. It really is. It's just a perfect film. So After Hours is not one of my favorites. Uh, New York, New York's probably not one of my favorites. Um, yeah. I'm trying to think of anything that I thought was a total dud. I mean, his, his movies are so good that even when they're bad, they're good. Yeah. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been a huge fan. In fact, I was instantly not taken with uh, Shutter Island when I first saw right. it. I've never rewatched it. I've uh, always uh, kind of hated the conspicuously acted Texas accent that uh, Leo used for uh, Howard Hughes' voice in The Aviator. Um, and I've always felt immensely, uh, not, I guess I can say that we use the word bored, but what I mean is that there was something monotonous and, and, and not specific enough and not catchy enough about Kundun, which I've always been very uh, kind of, you know, I've never rewatched re it. And um, you know, Alice Doesn't Live Here Anymore is actually a really good uh, little character drama that I really like, but a lot of people are were kind of like not really acknowledging it mm. very much. Um, I didn't really like Cape Fear, the one with De Niro. I always preferred the the nineteen sixty version. I, I used to feel that way, but I've I've kind of gotten mm. um, 
kind of fond of that movie over the years, although it makes me uncomfortable to watch it, I will admit. I love him as the character. I think he's just great in that role. But um, De Niro's villain, you mean, Max Cady. I love right? the, the, the I love him and I love Nick Nolte as the like mm-hmm. cowardly guy. The mm-hmm. dynamics between them, the thing I like less is the Juliette Lewis scenes with Robert De Niro, which I think... Uh, I don't know. They're just, they make me feel uneasy. And so it's not one of my favorite movies just to sit down and watch, but I appreciate all the performances in it. Um, There's an implication of oral sex when she sucks on De Niro's yeah. finger at one mm-hmm. point. I always thought that was a strange call, but that's, that's, uh... it's, it's very eroticized, but you know, and fine, but it, 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 it disturbs me, not in a me too kind of way or whatever, but just, mm-hmm. it makes me uncomfortable enough to watch it that I, I avoid the film for that reason. Right. But um, but King of Comedy is just like one of the greatest films ever made, and a film that will never be made again because of the well, what's the prohibition? Because we don't make there's no this new generation does not understand black comedy, dark comedy. Mm. They don't get it, you know. And and Scorsese's the master at it, right? His movies, mm. he's always been perversely funny in all his films. Taxi mm-hmm. Taxi yep. Driver is is in its own way a funny movie, you know, like when he because Travis is so off, like when he takes her to the porno movie or you know, when he, <laughs> lots of couples you know, come I, here. I almost can't watch that when I rewatch Taxi Driver. I said, who would be that stupid? I know, that but that's sort of fun. Us. What's so funny about him is his 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 Travis Bickle is a really funny character. And it's it's this weird line you cross that really only he can do. Tarantino tries to do it, but he's not. He can't quite master it the way Scorsese can. Where mm. it's it's like it's just at the edge, right at the edge. He can take you to the darkness, but he can also keep it funny. And you know he's yeah. sitting there laughing every time he does it. Um, all these takes, and you know, I think he's 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 less good when he's making quote unquote important movies. When he was aiming for the Oscars, like with The Aviator and Silence and and killers of the flower moon obviously <laughs> well, you said it i didn't but yeah. i mean i think he's he's better when he's allowed to just be his perverse self yes exactly that's exactly how i feel about him uh, yeah. we don't go to a martin scorsese movie expecting or hoping for moral instruction uh we we go for uh the the, the weird humor and the perversity and being able to at least have some respect or some film feelings of kinship with obviously flawed bad people criminals that sort of thing it's it's uh, it's fascinating and that's what i've always loved about him in fact that's why i really like uh, his very very early film the one called who's that knocking on Mm -hmm. my door which is kind of a precursor to mean streets and it's um it's you know it's it's perverse un 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 uh, it's unenlightened uh, un uh, you know a, a a life not fully uh, cognizant of itself is a is a kind of a flat life and these are young guys who really don't have a much of a clue about anything but it's fascinating to watch it it really you really feel like you're getting a window into a kind of a uh, uh, young man way of looking at life in the in the sixties. Mm. Really, it's pretty 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 amazing. I mean, yeah, I, and I, I, I think I, the key to him is that he's uh, a Catholic, right? So so it's a very much a binary of good and evil, and he's always yeah. wrestling with both of these things. And when he's good, he's he's godlike focus, right? His attention is on like spiritual religious stuff, 
Mm-hmm. And when he's, you know, and when he's not, he, he can be really evil and he can revel in it. And, and yeah. that's what sometimes what makes his movies so good. We don't really have a filmmaker right now working that, that can do what he does. Mm. And we may never have one. Are you at all interested, by the way, I know that uh, Killers of the Flower Moon is going to be in theaters as of this coming Thursday. Are you, and now you've seen it, of course, but uh, are you interested in maybe catching it with an audience and maybe, you know, the way you can always tell if an audience is with a film or what their reactions are. You can just see it without even them being verbal. You can sense if they're with it or not. I'm kind of interested in catching it uh, with a regular uh, popcorn crowd and seeing how they feel about it. Mm. So I, I think I'm going to do that on Thursday night. This coming Thursday. Where is it going to be playing? Do you know? Pretty much. Uh, I mean, if it's playing in my neck of the woods, it's certainly playing everywhere. I don't know how big, big the uh, the break is, but it's uh, yeah. Uh, let me look sizable. and see if I can find it on in my area on Fandango. Um, mm. The uh, the premiere is this Tuesday at at the Dolby Theater. They're having a premiere for it, and then a reception at the Roosevelt Hotel afterwards. Oh, that's cool. And probably only he's going to be there because of the strike, the actor's Mm -hmm. strike, which is destroying everything. Everything. It's everything. (laughs) really just such a huge drag. I've been to those Roosevelt Hotel after parties, and they're all exactly the same. They're all the same. I mean, it's wonderful to see people that you know, and it's and it's this bon ami and this wonderful. But they, but I, I don't think I'd be terribly unhappy if someone would say, "You're never going to go to a Roosevelt Hotel after party ever again for the rest of your life." <laughs> okay, I would accept it. I wouldn't, you know, I'd be a little bit sad because I love, you know, seeing people that I care about, but I wouldn't be upset. Uh, not really. So I don't know. But I mm-hmm. and I'm amazed that they, they keep having these events. They really have publicized this film a lot. I and mean, there's a lot of uh, different angles that have been thoroughly covered. Obviously, um, um, Lily Gladstone has been has been uh, celebrated and talked about a lot. I think that there's going to be a very sudden. I was again speaking to uh, to Wilson, and he, and he was saying this is not. He's a very sharp. Uh, sort of Oscar predictor, you know, he say he senses he's got a very exceptional, in my view, uh, ability to, to, to catch what what's happening, what people are thinking. And he doesn't think it's going to happen at all with her. He thinks it's going to be, you know, it just doesn't have the zing. It doesn't have the uh, the extra quality that people kind of associate with a lot. The way people will, will undoubtedly undoubtedly be talking about uh, Penelope Cruz when they finally see uh, Michael Mann's Ferrari. She is absolutely I know, but why are you putting them in the same category? They're not in the same category. Because she, no, you're you're right. It's not a, it's probably a supporting thing for Penelope Cruz and it's a best actress thing for Lily. But Penelope Cruz's performance just leaps out at you. It jumps at you. It's like, it's like uh, Beatrice Strait Network. It's one of those intense, Mm -hmm. angry, really memorable uh, performances whereas Lily's is not particularly memorable it's good it's solid it's it's believable but it doesn't leap out at you that's all I'm saying it doesn't have that extra quality um well here's how I figure it once they get locked in and she wins Mm -hmm. one award um and she gets up there and she accepts that award like kind of like Michelle Yeoh um you're just assuming it's going to happen there's no there's no i I think that once it it, once it gets going it's going to be hard to to slow down 
What can I ask? What do you mean when you say when it gets going? What's it? Okay, imagine Emma Stone winning Best Actress over Lily Gladstone. That'd be great to you, not to everybody well, else. She's obviously that. That's a performance that really pops out. You know, you can't. Help it's it's but the talk same it. situation as Michelle Yeoh and Kate Blanchett. It's the exact same situation. A woman of color being beaten by a white woman is not going to go over well with the hive mind. It's just, I don't know how else to say it except plainly. People can pretend it well, doesn't exist and that I'm crazy, but that's the reality of the situation. But you do recall that Kate, more or less at the uh, Spirit Awards, I think it was, pretty much gave a, a set and speech and said, look, I'm, I may not win this. And I'm she so didn't okay want to win you. it. She had yeah. no desire to be that person that won that award. None. Yeah. So, but, um, you think that Emma Stone's going to say in some interview or at some award thing, you know, if I don't win, it's okay because I think it's time for a Native American actress to win and it's okay with me and that's fine. You think, I, think that, that. I think that no actress wants to step into a big, hot, steaming pile of shit. That's what I think. And I think that once it gets going, imagine the op-eds of all these people that have been hired by all these outlets, speaking of yeah. DEI, to mm. write about racism. I don't think that people feel it as acutely. I don't think this is 2020 or 21 or even 22. This is things do change, you know, the the sentiments and the it's like a wave in 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 an ocean, you know. Sometimes a big wave comes along. I'm not feeling it, Jeff. I'm not feeling it. And and another reason for it is that Emma Stone's performance is is going to be considered frivolous up against a series because of the sexual stuff. Because it's a it's a romp. It's a comedy, and she's great in it. But it's a it's a it's a far cry from making a huge statement from the Academy that already has a legacy of this, you know, of the Native American embarrassment of Sashin oh, Littlefeather. You're boring me to tears by saying we got to we got to keep the Native American. Well, unlike you, I'm not to... into wishful thinking. I'm into reality. And this is the reality of the situation we're living through. So I'm not going to sit here and pretend that it doesn't exist. It exists. You're basically assuming that everybody that is going to be voting is pretty much on the Baz Bammy Boy page from that discussion in Telluride. That he just said, don't, don't even bring this up, Jeff. I don't want to hear about this. I will not tolerate it if you talk about Lily Gladstone in terms of identities. That's insulting. Don't do that. She's a great actress who's delivered a But I think a lot piece. of people, I think a lot of people, <clears throat> I don't know if they feel that way or not. Um, I didn't think Michelle Yeoh was as good as Kate Blanchett in uh, that movie. She was fine, but she wasn't you. great. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, I watched all this play out, and uh, that's the, my assessment is that I'm not saying she's going to win for sure. I am saying mm-hmm. that a movie that is by Martin Scorsese when- that you know is doing really well, that's headed for the Oscar race and it's going to get nominated in all the major categories, it's probably going to win something. So what's it going to win? Well, it's probably not going to win. I mean, it could win screenplay, maybe. Uh, I doubt that. It's probably not going to win director, and it's probably not going to win picture. I mean, I guess it could theoretically win best picture. But one of the prizes that it could get is actress, and so they might put their support around her, and they might not. You know, the BAFTA members might revolt against it and pick Emma Stone. Okay, great. But why the BAFTA in particular? I'm wondering what your why are they crucial or why would they why BAFTA in particular? Oh, because BAFTA revolted. They've revolted 
they revolted okay. 2020 by picking uh when when they took away their privileges of of choosing actor and actress and they picked mm. the only you know they picked uh francis mcdormand and anthony hopkins and then at mm. the oscars because it, things were split up because there were two black actresses and there was also carrie mulligan and everything was split up francis mcdormand ended up winning again largely mm. because of the bafta voters last year the bafta voters completely rejected completely rejected everything everywhere all at once and rejected <laughs> all the people of color winners and they picked the movie that they liked all quiet on the western front they picked um, mm. you know the two supporting characters from three billboards they picked kate blanchett they picked uh mm. colin uh no austin butler like they didn't go for it right but the academy mm. did you saw them it was the rapture yeah so this year you're mm. going to expect to see the same thing Oppenheimer's probably going to sweep the BAFTAs Emma uh -huh. Stone will win um and and listen they're they're unlike us they're nationalists they like to award their own so they'll have no problem giving Christopher Nolan a prize a Killian Murphy a prize all mm -hmm. the European people will now speaking of BAFTAs they're they're the ones that I hope will will give the ki will give the killer some awards love right because they're sophisticated. Sophistic what category do you think? I don't know. It might, but it might enter. Like I think that they're more likely to. Well, maybe Michael Fassbender's British. They might go for Best Actor. Mm -hmm. uh, I doubt it because they still probably have their thing in place where the jury comes in and picks some nominees and all that for director mm. and this and that. So I don't blame them for revolting after what they put them through. I totally mm -hmm. am 100% behind them because of getting in there and picking their nominees for them with some dumb committee that was so stupid and forcing them to pick women directors. Well, you, sh you should uh, explain in so many words. Uh, there was a kind of a super committee of BAFTA people who, said, who basically wanted to really insist upon identity and, and woke stuff as a criteria. No, no, that's not what happened. So what happened, what happened, the BAFTA has a long reputation of what my old self old sasha stone woke mm -hmm. blogger sasha stone would have said was racist because they never pick for instance denzel washington's never had a bafta nomination i mean and on and on it goes right they've never really been into and part of that is that they don't have the same sort of civil rights uh pro not problem, but it doesn't occupy their their minds as much as it does here. Uh, civil mm. rights is really important here and racism because of our own history, especially in Hollywood. But BAFTA doesn't carry over there. It doesn't carry over to BAFTA. Um, mm -hmm. So right before the Great, great Awakening, um, you know, the Great Awakening, the hammer came down, came down on the Oscars. It came down on every, look at the Golden Globes got canceled. Yeah. They're basically a grease stain on the carpet. Like they don't even exist anymore, and well, the new Penske uh, Golden Globes, I think it's a different thing. I think they they're rebirthing themselves. I guess probably. we'll see. But yeah. um, but anyway, so the very first thing they did was they had a committee select actor, mm -hmm. actress, and director, and they had to have half ten females and no five females and five males, and then the voters got to pick the winners of the nominees that they chose and then mm. the next year they eased up and they said okay we'll only have them pick like three i'm getting some of these details wrong because i it's all a blur at this point mm. but then it became like okay we'll only pick three and then voters can pick two slots 
I'm not sure where they left it, mm. but um, they have a long list and all the movies show up on the long list and then they whittle them down to, to, the, to the smaller list. But last year's BAFTA winners where they didn't pick a single, you know, woke choice or whatever, mm. that showed me that they were pissed. And I don't blame them. I would have been pissed too uh, if, if someone came in and said, your expertise in the industry, your history, forget it. You don't, you don't have the right anymore yeah. to right. pick what is the great performances because you are too racist. And so we're going to have to select for you. Like mm. nothing, that would have made me so mad. Mm. Um, well, that's sort of more or less what I said. I thought that they, you know, that the, that the woke, woke criteria was ported out by the super community and, and the people at the, the BAFTA membership got revolted at it. So that, you said, no, that's not what happened. But then you just explained that it is what happened. Yeah. Right? So. so I'm looking at the Gold Derby for predictions for best actress, and you wouldn't believe how all yeah. over the place this stuff is here. Um, I always hate it when the discussion goes to the gold derby people because they have no soul. They just go with where the, <laughs> no. There's know, a lot the of different tells but, them to go. They have no convictions. There's nothing. They there's have a no, lot of different. You know, um, that's not true because there's a lot of diversity in their choices here. So there's Emma Stone. Some people have. Some people have um, Lily Gladstone, but also people have Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall. I respect that choice. And some and and Perry Nemiroff has the Greta Lee for past lives. Never gonna happen. Never not happening. Gonna happen. Um and uh Carrie Mulligan, Matt Neglia has Carrie Mulligan for Maestro winning. I don't think that Wait, have either of us seen it? I haven't seen it yet. So No. Okay, we shouldn't say anything. Yeah. You know, that's what everybody has been saying. She's the one that if you're gonna focus on somebody in Maestro, it's definitely Carrie Mulligan. It's not not to not show respect for um, for the director star uh, Bradley Cooper, but it you know she's supposed to be it, so we should yeah. wait until we see it. Anyway, so it's all kind of all over the place, you know. Mm -hmm. So we we can't say a hundred percent sure how how Best Actress is going to go, but I'm just saying I'm looking into the future, and mm -hmm. I'm not seeing I'm not seeing voters comfortable with Lily Gladstone sitting in the audience clapping for Emma Stone. You're <laughs> going back to the same thing. She has to win because we're still in a big, you know, woke predictive wave. And well, the, and put the it this way. When, and it's like, please, when we uh, get past this. When um, Ca Jim Cameron was up against Catherine Bigelow for Best Director and he won for Avatar, the Golden Globe. Yes. And she was sitting there. And I just remember how everybody felt. They were so mad and so bummed out they wanted to see her win. And so from then on, she just kept winning. And that was that. Remember that Jim Cameron uh, kind of half gave it to her when he took when he accepted the award at the Golden Globe. He kept he... saying, "Give Kathy director and give us picture like an idiot." <laughs> and um, that was a mistake. <laughs> oh, totally. And so, but I'll never forget that because nobody liked seeing him beat her. They didn't like sitting seeing her ex husband who cheated on her, and made this big performance capture movie beating Kathy Bigelow in her fantastic movie. Mm. And they didn't like it. And that's what the Golden Globes used to be before they got sucked into the giant orifice of yeah. <laughs> woke hell. Yeah. Yeah. But what they used to be was a, a good barometer, a good a dress rehearsal for the Oscars. Like, if all these people win, do we like it? Like, when La La Land won uh, all those awards, it won, like, 14 Golden Globes or something like that. And um, people didn't like mm. it. It started, its backlash started right at that moment. Mm. 
Um, and it still won at the Oscars a lot of awards. It just didn't win Best Picture. Hey, speaking of Perry Nemiroff, by the way, who I I think is completely, uh, she's so you know committed to 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 woke choices, and uh, I was kind of surprised. Uh, I guess she has seen the color purple uh, uh, star. How do you pronounce the first name? Fantasia. Fantasia. Is it Barino? Uh-huh. I can't really. Okay. Yeah. Have you? As, do you know of anybody who has seen it? Has it been screened? No. Okay, so she's just predicting it based. No, upon she's identity. predicting Greta Lee. Uh, in in her first slot, yes, I'm saying that her fifth slot. Oh, yes, so you're five. looking at the same list as me right now? Yeah, I'm just looking. Okay. I just clicked on it when you. Yeah, started well, about I her. I think that somebody told me that they saw the new trailer for the color purple, mm-hmm. and they saw that uh, they were not highlighting Fantasia Barino's performance. They were highlighting all the supporting performances in the trailer. Okay. And they said they thought that meant that they didn't think this was going to be a best actress thing for her. Okay. All right. But who knows if that's true, but that's what I'm not can we clarify uh, I believe that the color purple has those two young girls in their childhood and also as adults. Isn't that what happens? I think so, yeah. So yeah. Fantasia is is a younger version or the older version? She's got to be the older version. Okay. But we don't know. The only thing I heard about it is that it's all singing. Sung through? Yeah, sung through. Mm-hmm. No kidding. Oh, I didn't realize yeah. that. Yeah. So it's opera, basically. Well, it's I like... I mean, it's, it's, there's no spoken dialogue, is what you're saying. It's like, Le, it's like Les Mis, you know? Yeah, okay. So, you know, it's funny. I didn't realize that. And this is the moment when I when someone said that to me that I kind of respect it more that it's that it's taken that approach. I think that's actually kind of cool. Yeah. I'd like I, now I want to see it more because oh, it's good. not the conventional, you know, conventional. Um, and it also bodes well for her as an actress, although I don't think I don't think any actress has ever won mm-hmm. best actress for a sung through movie. Mm-hmm. I don't think so. I don't think mm. so. Maybe I, I just don't recall how many there have been that have been up for for Oscars. They all had some dialogue, you know. Well, who who amongst the Gold Derby people are the least weather veiny? Who have some conviction about quality, and you know that these people. Well, you however... don't you don't understand the your your perspective. As long as I've known you, has always been what should be nominated, not what will be nominated. There has to be some of that. There has to be a little. You don't bit like of the Can't just be about weather. Events. Well, no, because if you're Joyce Ang, Joyce Ang is probably the best predictor here at Gold Derby, the one who gets the best score. Okay. She's never going to put it in her own personal preferences. She's always just going to give you. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I will say this is interesting about the new list of best actresses. She's the only one that I can see that has Annette Benning on. The, oh, no, no. Some other people do. But nobody has Annette Benning to win. Oh, she, well, she doesn't have her to win. She ha- uh, Joyce has Annette in the fifth slot. And her top uh, predictor is, prediction is for Emma Stone to win for right. best actress. Followed by Carrie Mulligan. She's apparently seen Maestro, I presume. And Lily is in third. Because she has to, you know, pay lip service to that. No, I don't think she's thing. seen Killers of the Flower Moon yet. Okay. So well, haven't they been screening it a little bit? Out very, there? very spare. They haven't. This okay. this new screening at the uh, uh, Dolby is the mm-hmm. first really big screening. So everybody's going to be seeing it after that day. 
the, okay. the that's Tuesday or I think it's Tuesday. Mm -hmm. So, but imagine you have Killers of the Flower Moon and you have to make this play for the Oscars and you can't trot out Leonardo DiCaprio and Robert De Niro at your screening. Like mm. that sucks so bad because of the strike. And and you have Leonardo DiCaprio is like one of the biggest stars in the world and you can't even mm. have him out there on the red carpet to publish publicize your movie. Yeah. Like that. it's a shame. It's a shame. And then not just that they are disagreeing, but that they're the, the gulf between the gap between um, uh, SAG and uh, SAG AFTRA and, and, and producers is apparently uh, too great to even con continue the conversation. Apparently, that's what the producers did. They walked well, so out. So, what are they going to do? Are they going to cancel the SAG Awards this year? It just seems crazy that they're they're not they're, they're you know and if and if they're all going to be able to attend the, the 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 SAG awards then why can't they attend publicity events for movies you know yeah yeah and it's interesting because I believe that they're mad, they're really upset with the people like Netflix and Apple right more the streamers than the studios yes and the whole AI thing which is very upsetting and threatening to mm. people in SAG after boy so. I'll say it is. I'll mm. say it is. It's, but I don't know. Maybe that ship has just sailed. Can I ask you to reassess your feelings about? You did see Nyad in in Telluride, correct? Uh huh. Yeah. And you were. And do you feel that it's there's what is it that she accomplishes or delivers uh, in terms of uh, you know the Diane Nyad character? What makes it stand out to you other than the fact that she? Uh, you know, she managed to do something very difficult in real life, and that's what this is about, about a, a very, very trying and demanding and difficult uh, feat, physical feat. And is it pretty much the symbolism of that, the difficulty that she faced? and the, Or is it something in the No, it's, it's uh, well, first of all, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the whole point of this movie, really, to me, the best thing about it is not the screenplay which okay. is terrible in my opinion, but it's the relationship between the two women. And that, that is what I love about this movie, especially because Jodie Foster is so good. Mm. And I love Jodie Foster and I love seeing her on screen and I love the two of them together. And she really saves this movie, to be honest. Mm -hmm. But why Annette Bening is getting any ink is because it's one of those performances like, um, uh, you know, Dallas Buyers Club or, raging bull or the revenant you know where they really go through it physically mm -hmm. and she wears a lot of prosthetic makeup to show her face all puffed up when she's been underwater and she's all waterlogged mm -hmm. so it's one of those what they might call a vanity free performance you know where mm -hmm. she shows her body and she's swimming and she's she's an older lady so mm -hmm. she does it without any fear mm -hmm. uh and not trying to look pretty or i mean that you got to hand it to her man I I'm starting to get so sick of these women who are trying to cling to age, uh, to their youth. And it's like, on the one hand, I understand it. Everybody wants to look good. But on the other hand, it's disorienting when somebody like Demi Moore still looks like she did in her twenties. It's like, well, I don't know what to do with that. Like, you know, she, okay. So she's going to get praise from people, but that's it. She gets praise from people. But what did you see Demi more recently? You I just, what? I follow her on Instagram for some stupid oh. reason. So I see her a lot, but she looks good. I'll uh -huh. give her that. But is that all your, your whole, you know, goal in life is to have people say you look good. Like, is there more? But anyway, uh -huh. so Annette Benning didn't do that. Obviously she's like Diane Keaton. She's refused any plastic surgery. 
And yeah. she's sun damaged all over her chest and, and everywhere. And so, and she doesn't try at all to look young or pretty or anything. So I think, <laughs> well, I'm just saying it's true. And that's. This, this is what, how Diane, uh, Woody Allen described Diane Keaton at the IAFI tribute to Keaton. He says, Keaton has never gone in for, you know, plastic surgery. She, she, she prefers to look old. <laughs> well, she she does. She likes. She's fine with it. And you know the thing about that is it does open up an area for you as an actor because you you know we need old characters in movies. Um, mm -hmm. But Annette Bening is um, uh, you gotta. I mean, that's what I say. If you look at the thing, like she's just going for it with gusto in a way that you don't mm -hmm. often see actors do today, and and appearing mm -hmm. in her bathing suit and showing herself as very unattractive. In a lot of ways, is that, is that really, a, you would say that she is showing herself as being very unattractive, or just honestly, just an older person. And this is what happens. No, she. There are scenes where she's like her her lips are swollen up and her eyes are swollen up, yeah. and she's really, you know, she looks like a monster or whatever. Like she, it is a, one of those things where she has to look that way because mm -hmm. she has to show that she's insane for doing this swimming thing. Because nothing's yeah. going to stop her from doing it, and every time she does it, she looks like that, and she almost dies. Now yeah. there are butch lesbians, both of them, right? So mm. they're not, you know, looking good is not their number one. <laughs> the number mm. one. That said, Jodie Foster does look really good. Mm -hmm. um, Incidentally, I'm looking at the Best Supporting Actress projections of the Gold Derby people, and hardly anybody, I'm, in fact, I'm searching, I don't see anybody yet who's acknowledged Penelope Cruz, maybe because they haven't seen the Michael Mann film, but they've got uh, Divine Joy Randolph, who is absolutely wonderful in the holdovers, and she, if, if anybody's going to, if I would say the one actress who I think has done the best, uh, aside from Penelope Cruz, I think it's a neck and neck thing but i love divine joy randolph in the holdovers and i'm very much looking forward to seeing it the second time i'm going to see it in um yeah, at the montclair film festival next weekend mm -hmm. and um and i'm very much looking forward as you do with your um excitement about jody foster so that's 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 what good. Uh, that's interesting about the montclair what's the montclair film festival it's you know it's a, it's a respected second tier film festival that has that plays all the films that all the other festivals are have been celebrating and you know, it's just part of the same community and they are where is near it? enough to Montclair is right next to where Jet and Kate lives it's right next to West Orange it's a hop skip and a jump from New York City so the talent is is you know so that's that's what it is and if nothing uh, it's it, it's it's just one of the it's like almost like Savannah really I mean Savannah has the uh, the beauty of going down there and the focus on uh, documentaries and Scott Feinberg and everything but it's basically a uh, you know it's like it's on that you know respected second tier of film festival uh, category. Um, well, weirdly enough, Anne Thompson has Sandra Huller from Zone of Interest winning for supporting. Winning, she she has it. Okay, uh -huh. over so, Divine, Divine Joy Randolph, which I think is is interesting. Strange. Um, Wonder why. I mean, Sandra Huller is really good. I mean, I completely believe it. But she's, uh, but there's no real. I think she figures she's going to get two nominations for that and for the other one, and so she'll probably win supporting. Okay. I personally don't see that happening. But then again, I haven't seen either of these movies, so I really can't judge. Um, you didn't want to see Zone of Interest in Telluride because you suspected that it would 
No, I did not want to see it. I just never got around to it. It wasn't like I planned to. I didn't want to see it. Yeah. But um, but I'd like to see it. It's definitely up my wheelhouse. I'm sort of a Holocaust uh, fanatic. Mm. Although my friend Michael said he absolutely hated it. So for what it's worth. Well, he. I'm sure he saw and understood what it was trying to do, which was not to explicitly make you confront or 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 re re experience the horror of what happened in Auschwitz. But the idea was to, and is to, you know, imply, to suggest without showing you anything. And he felt that that was boring. Is that what you're saying, or what he? No, I think he he has that thing of like he wanted to see the Holocaust. Uh, okay. He wanted to see the concentration camps and not just hear about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like okay. to see it. I'm interested in seeing it. Um, I think it, it will have a special resonance this year now because of what's happened in Israel. And so Naturally. I think that it will it will be brought up in that way. Oh, somebody does have Penelope Cruz on here. That's Nikki Novak. Okay. She, she has Emily Blunt winning. <laughs> and she has Divine Joy Randolph, Julianne Moore, May December, Danielle Brooks, The Color Purple, and Penelope Cruz Ferrari. Now, what is the basis of anyone? Oh, and Matt Neglia has her too. Enthusiasm for Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt is, you know, she's a drinker. She's basically uh, it, it's complaints and 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 anger. Oh no, she's great. Uh, she's I, great don't, I don't I don't want to raise the kid. Uh, just give me the bottle and I'll yeah. Drink, she's I'll drink fantastic it. in that. Um, Penelope Cruz, Matt Neglia also has her. He has Daniela Brooks winning, Divine Joy okay. Randall. I I always doubt people who have people that in movies they haven't seen winning an oscar like i think that if you want to put them on your nominations list fine but you Mm. should never put somebody at number one in a movie you've never seen you shouldn't ever do that yeah it just shows that you don't know what you're doing because nobody can predict what will win without seeing it you can't put it ahead of a bunch of people that you've already seen you have Mm -hmm. to go with i think this will win of everything i've seen this is the best that i've seen yeah. But you simply can't predict. He is now. Nobody's even seen this movie. That can't be number one. Danielle Brooks. See, oh, the color perfect. Yeah, that's a reflexive uh, identity thing, obviously. So. so then he's got Divine Joy Randolph, and then he's got Emily Blunt, then he's got Penelope Cruz, and then he's got Jodie Foster. So he does have Penelope Cruz on there. I mean, he's okay. seen Ferrari. Yeah. Okay, that's good. Um, and I also understand and and respect anyone who feels enthusiastic about America Ferrara's. <laughs> Uh, big uh, soliloquy, uh, third act soliloquy moment in Barbie. Uh, that, that that's a that's a winner thing. I understand that, and I I wouldn't disparage anyone who thinks that she's the, the their pick. You know, um, but uh, but I'm amazed all these color purple things and Viola Davis in Air. It's no, not, no, that's it's not good. happening. I um I yeah. haven't updated mine in a while because um, I don't supporting actresses. I think is one of the hardest ones for me that mm-hmm. um. The color purple people, like, uh, uh, we nobody's seen those, so nobody knows who's going to stand out. Everybody's just guessing. Like, I have Taraji P. Henson on there. I have mm-hmm. no idea, right. you know, what she's going to be like on that. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm going to change mine right now as we're talking because I'll put on there. On your recommendation, I'll put P- Penelope Cruz. She's absolutely un- unshakable. You cannot exclude her from the five it's it's there's no it's not tenable well i would i would normally doubt you but you were right about that one movie so and you got her helped get her that nomination so um 
parallel I, um, parallel mothers. parallel mothers. She was good in it, but I didn't yeah. think it was a lead role, and I wouldn't have I wouldn't have personally chosen her. Um, but fine. It All wasn't right. a lead role in, in the No, Alma she Dauphin. shared it with the other lady. It was to me it wasn't really she was fine. She was good. I don't know. I was not as over the moon by it. So I hope that this is a situation that's All right, let's do supporting mm -hmm. actor. Um here's who I have. Okay. Robert Downey Jr., right. Mark Ruffalo, Ryan Gosling, Robert De Niro, and Dominic Sessa. And nobody else has him on here. I don't see anybody who can get in there over Dominic Sessa myself. What do you think? I think he's um, about as perfect as you can get for a young actor who's really not known by anybody. He's just kind of punched through. I think he's perfect, and he's right on the money. He doesn't overdo it. He doesn't try to, uh, you know, lather up the emo emotion. He plays it dry and clipped and straight. I completely think he's great, and I, I don't. Uh, I think it's just. And he's not. He's not doing. Go ahead. Yeah. No. I'm sorry. You go ahead. I didn't mean to. I jump. don't. Um, I don't understand how anybody can. Uh, I understand why there is a uh, enthusiastic uh, response to Ryan Gosling and you know Barbie thing, uh, and I get. Uh, but there's no basis, none, uh, for being enthusiastic about De Niro and Killers of the Flower Moon. He's just playing <laughs> a cardboard villain. He's just barking God, you orders. Hated that you got to do this and don't don't screw up and shoot him in the back of the head and or the front of the head. It's just it's it, there's no big moments. It doesn't really connect. And why did you chuckle when I said that? Because you hate that movie so much. Um, you don't hate it, but you just don't, don't hate really it. like it. I just don't think it's this um, big celebrated thing. It's it's a sturdy movie. You know, I don't hate it. It's just, but it, I mean, I'm not the one who's saying. Let's celebrate Robert De Niro. I mean, the, there are people that have, you know, Musso has him in fourth place and Christopher Rosen. I don't understand where, where it comes it's, from. It's one of those group th group think things where everybody just falls in line. Mm -hmm. and just... I understand uh, certainly the, the Downey thing. I mean, that, that's uh, been a big consensus thing. And Mark Ruffalo's boorish, awful person in, in Poor Things, that's a lot of fun. He's kind of a jerk all the way through. And I love the uh, uh, Glenn Howerton in Blackberry. That won't make it, I guess, because it's too small of a film. But I love that. And um, but uh, you know, some people are kind of crazy. You know, the, uh... yeah. I, I, you know, this is we're still still so early October. People don't realize that that's still really early for the Oscars because they're not for um, voting. Doesn't even start till January. Right, so we've still got quite a ways to go, and it's not going to look like it does right now, that's for sure. Um, we, we haven't gone through the controversy phase yet. You know, at some point people start to get bored, and they're going to start to focus on some of these movies. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> maybe it won't happen. I don't know. We'll see. Everything's so quiet because of the actor's strike that it's really put the... Put a damper on things. Yeah, and how time, are they yeah. able to do Saturday Night Live with with without actors i don't understand did they were they just allowed to go on saturday night live and do it even though i don't understand the exceptions or who gets the waivers i don't get any of that but yeah. um there was pete davidson last night mm -hmm. that was kind of interesting did you watch his um... i only watched that opening monologue i didn't i can't bear to watch saturday night live anymore is this not funny it's not funny, but if, if I see something that went viral that's funny, I'll watch it. But I don't mm. sit and watch the show anymore. I, I can't bear it. It's just, mm. it's mm -hmm. they play it so safe now. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. So uh, we've done supporting. We've done, what about, did we do Best Actor? Nope. 
All right. Well, I don't. I thought that there was. I'm picking up a consensus that is that there is respect, but not great enthusiasm for Bradley Cooper and Maestro. But there he is, on the top of a few lists. There's. <clears throat> I I thought the reaction immediately in Telluride about uh, about um, Rustin uh, was no no real enthusiasm. I mean, Coleman Domingo does a pretty good job. But I didn't feel enthusiasm because nobody thought the movie was much more than just a rote, you know, bi biopic thing. Um, I don't feel any. Uh, I don't think that this is Leo's movie in Killer of the Flower Moons. He's playing a very rather slow and obviously not very smart fellow who's uh, not engaging. And you don't enjoy his vibe or his, his personality. Uh, the the far and away the, the the winner should be Paul Giamatti. He's the one who really really has it. And yet, look at these lists. They don't think he's. Uh, they don't have no. Him up there. Nobody has him for the win. And in fact, he might even get snubbed. I hope he doesn't. But now, um, why is that? Because they they figure we're not going to get too excited about the holdovers because it's a '70s movie. It's not part of the. Uh, it's not part of our world. It I mean, we'll see, right? Them. We'll have to see how it does, but. I have instead of the my my dilemma is the fifth spot where I I have a wrestle between Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction and Andrew Scott in All of Us Strangers. Those are my last two that I can't seem to. I don't have Bradley Cooper on my list because I think that the and I don't know this because I haven't seen it, but I my guess is that the makeup, the prosthetic nose is gonna is gonna hurt him when Ooh. it comes Bradley Cooper. Oh, that thing! I don't think that's cut. I don't think that's persisted. Have you? Has it? Well, we have... saw it in the trailer, so now we're going to have to watch the movie and see how glaringly obvious it is. Okay. Since nobody's talking about it, but I'd like to see it for myself, you know, before I make the prediction. My my uh, impression, having spoken to some people who have seen it, is that nobody's talking about it. That was just a flare-up that uh, that got some attention. But when you actually, I know, watch but I don't film, trust people myself. I do only trust myself. I don't trust them on this because they never okay. told me that the Irishman's de aging looked bad. And and when I saw it, I knew it looked terrible. And nobody was honest about it because everybody loved the movie. And fine, the movie's great, but the de aging thing was a mistake. I agree. So it, we should, Robert De Niro somehow, some way, they should have made. He should have looked like he did in The Godfather Part Two. And that's what I wanted to see, some kind of re, you know, reanimation of that person. And he didn't. He looked like a, a heavy set. It didn't work at all. And, if, and by the hair. way, if they don't like AI, then they shouldn't even go down this road. Because mm -hmm. this road, this is a bridge to AI. Yeah. If you're already defacing actors like mm -hmm. that and you're turning them into animated characters, then why not do AI? Why not just have a, a young Robert De Niro as your AI character? Why go, mm -hmm. you know? So they're crazy if they want to keep doing that. I hated it in Indiana Jones. I thought it was terrible. Stupid idea. Mm -hmm. It ruined the movie for me. So I want to see this for myself because I don't trust anyone to be honest about it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, I, I'm, you're right about um, uh, Paul Giamatti. I've looked through all the best actors. He's always, they've got him in fourth and fifth slot. Nobody's got him as a number one, mm. which I think is pretty shameful, you know, because he's got a huge makeup do him because of his having been not just snubbed for the for the best actor Oscar, but the best actor nomination. When Yeah, um, that's it. When, I hope he at least gets a nomination for this. And it's a crowded year, so I don't know that he will. It's, we're going to have to see how the movie... But, you know, I'll tell you something about the holdovers is you mm -hmm. never get anyone that says they don't like it. 
they either love it or they thought it was good, but nobody mm-hmm. goes, oh, I didn't like that movie. Nobody. Nobody will say that. Not so a that's a good, a good sign for yeah. this movie. Nobody will say, you know, oh, I hated that movie. Because it's not a movie any decent person can hate. Yeah. It's just did a you great speak, movie. Speaking of speaking ill of a film, do you, did you speak to anybody at Telluride who was like doing handstands about uh, Rustin? I didn't hear anybody who felt particularly, you know, not. It felt like my friend Michael, as we know, is gay and black, Mm -hmm. um, said to me about it that it bothered him that at the end the guy didn't go to Washington, and uh, but that's the true story that he doesn't go to Washington because he doesn't he's not one of the people that goes, but he said it bothered him. He didn't find it to be. You should be. What you mean is the 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 march on Washington in 1963, the big. The big, that, that's what most of the film is about. No, no, right? they, they go to the president's, uh, they go get a medal at the, at the White House, and he doesn't go. Oh, sorry. Okay. When did that medal thing happen? Well, according to Michael, it's at the end of the movie, but he, it bothered him. He was like, why wouldn't he go? That's stupid. I would have gone. Well, so. um, but who, what president, what year? What are, you, what are we talking about? I don't, I, I, I haven't seen the movie. So it's either Johnson or Kennedy. It's one of the two. Okay. Right? All right. Um, it's, I think it was Kennedy. No, I think it was John. I don't know. I don't know. Mm. But if it was Kennedy, it's even worse that he didn't go. But, mm. you know, miss a chance to, to meet JFK. Mm. Funny. Um, all right. Well, I um, I I frankly was so bored by Rustin that I didn't even stay for the whole thing. I had something else I need to do, and I just was saying, okay, I can see what this movie does, mm-hmm. and uh, and clearly Domingo does a good job at at making him this you know very um, emotionally uh, emphatic person who's who's really got the energy, and he's a you know he's a live wire, but I didn't uh, I didn't feel it was well, going to be doing anything. Put it this way. Mm-hmm. Not only did Barack and Michelle Obama produce. Uh, produce this, it's part of their higher ground production company, mm-hmm. but Obama apparently gave production notes okay. on the movie, gave notes on the script and stuff like that. So he's very, you know, real, he's very closely aligned with this film. So Not close enough to attend Telluride. Well, I don't blame him for that. God. He's a pres- said, former if I, president if I were of the him, United States. I would States. have swept in right at the last minute, no advance thing, and I would have just been there. I would have said, we care about this movie. I care about yeah, it. Yeah, I think it I, would have made him look you know, terrible if he had done that. Just terrible. Why? Because it's shallow and frivolous and dumb to do that. To make an appearance at a big film festival? To in support it's not of a big film, film festival, first of all. It's not a big film festival. It's not. But also, yeah, I mean, I think that there's... Uh, personally, I think there's an element of of that that seems, but also, I mean, this is such a this is one of these exhausting debates that we've been having for a long time mm-hmm. that I don't want to keep continuing on. But okay. the level of security you would need to bring in a former president of the United States, especially one like him, mm-hmm. in Colorado, where there are like lax gun laws, you know, oh. okay. everybody would have to be interviewed, everybody would have to be searched, you know. Mm-hmm. So anyway, you have to do more than just give notes and then do a couple. He 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 recorded. He he he, he delivered a, a message to people that uh, were about to see Rustin, and that was kind of interesting. But um, I really did not, and I'm just going to repeat what I just said, which is that I never I never spoke to anybody who was 
genuinely like, wow, this is really something you got to see. I mean, I'm thinking about it and I can't, I can't, can't put it on my, nobody said that. Nobody had that reaction. It was just a respectful thing that is, you know, about a, about a really respected figure who, um, who deserves the day in, in the sun that that film represents. Mm. But I don't get it, you know why there's any real enthusiasm and i don't understand the like bradley cooper enthusiasm either uh and i don't really like killian murphy's companionship his 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 vibe his i mean uh he did he bothered me because he had the same expression on his face in every damn scene he never seemed to do anything uh exceptional in in oppenheimer uh, i have not seen uh american fiction have you no okay but I, I have heard very good things about it. Obviously, it won Toronto. So, yeah, um, yeah. I they're screening it right now. I got an invite to it, but um, but I I asked them for a link, so I don't know if they're going to give me one uh-huh. or not. But um, uh-huh. and of course, nobody's talking about um, Napoleon either uh, because nobody's seen it. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, that, that's, that's another kind of one. A... And and the boys in the boat, no one's talking about because nobody's seen it. You know, mm-hmm. like, is that even going to come out this year? Right. George Clooney, how can he do any campaigning for this movie? You know, he's an actor. I guess he can do it as the director, maybe. Yes, I think he's mm-hmm. that's that's definitely the, that's the way it was with the writers. If you were a hyphenate, if you're a director, you could do, you know, although it's funny how uh, Cooper, even though he could claim that uh, as a hyphenate and he could have done a, an appearance at Venice as the director of Maestro, he didn't do it. He's, he said he, he's not going to go do anything. He, he mm. didn't show up at the New York Film Festival either, although he was there covertly in the audience. So yeah, well. Anyway, anyway, so I'm not. Uh, I'm. It's 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 strange, but the, there's a. Um, and I don't uh, really. Uh, I, I certainly uh, understand why people. Some people would like Andrew Scott's performance in um, All of Us Strangers. Uh, he's, he's a good good actor and a, a good looking guy, and you know he's definitely has the acting honors in that film but there's not a lot of uh, across the board enthusiasm for him mm. so and Barry Keegan is is a real drag in my view in Saltburn really didn't like him <laughs> so i don't I, I don't really feel it from anybody except for Giamatti i'm that's who i think is far and away the 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 the, the guy you you like and you care about mm. and you appreciate how good he is and he he nails one line after another he's perfect just about perfect. And yet the crowd, the the community, the mob, you know, they've got their criteria and I, they they just don't want to, you know, be too, they don't want to get, uh, they don't want to see Giamatti uh, be the guy, I guess. I don't know what it is. Maybe they think he's past it or something. It's it's cruel, but it's, it's wrong. It's really wrong. Well, I don't know if that's it. I mean, I think that the people are, you know, best actor, it has to be the one that everybody loves the most. Like, what do you love well, the most? What's not to love? What's not to love? It's a perfect performance. It's really good. I mean, you can read him, and he's, uh, and it's a complex character. Oh, I know, just... I know. I'm a huge fan of his and of the movies. So, hold on a second. So, we've exhausted it. and uh... We've exhausted it. We exhausted We're in the dregs now. We're, we're sucking on the fumes. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> okay. We're breathing the fumes. <laughs> By the way, the best, uh, uh, the Bill Maher discussion uh, two nights ago, 
was really good. It was all about uh, Israel and Hamas, and it was an excellent uh, discussion. It was, it was, uh, you know, it didn't have any dead spots. Did you watch it yet? No, really good. I, I don't watch Bill Maher anymore. He's too infuriating to me. Um, listen, I'm what gonna. Do you, mean you don't watch him anymore. What is that about? I, I don't watch Bill Maher, man. I never watch that show. It's like Saturday Night Live. If if every so often but he feels the way you do i do and you do no he, he doesn't he's he he goes to a line he's, he feels the way you do yes he doesn't feel the way i do we don't see eye to eye here but I. he's not a, at all a a, a wokester he's, he's very skeptical of the left no but i can't handle what he says about biden which is a lie and what he says about trump frankly is a lie i can't stand listening to it so i don't even go there it just upsets me too much to hear him talk about politics because he's so he's like Biden did a great job. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. Well, he's saying that he's obviously can do the job and he's got uh, uh, a good practical hold on. Read that I, I, article that I sent you, which is a hundred percent right, which says that if Trump wins, the Democrats have only themselves to blame, and he's exactly right. They have never, in seven years, addressed the core problem of why Trump won in the first place. They've done nothing but alienate his voters. Uh, for seven years, for the last three years, they've literally gone to war on them. They've never solved the problem of the middle and working class. They never even tried. Um, I, I completely agree with everything you just said. Where is that article? When did you send I it? I sent it to you somewhere. I know I send you a lot of texts, but I did send it to you somewhere. How long ago? Text. A couple I don't days know. ago? I think yesterday, maybe. Uh, and where was it? Where was it published or printed? It was in Real Clear it? on Real Clear Politics, I think, is okay. where it was. So, um, well, if you happen to see it, maybe can you resend it because that sounds exact. And that's and you've also but it's just very said, right on the money because it's true. That's the my biggest frustration with the Democrats, and that's why I just eventually abandoned ship because their their focus is so off, and they've never all they had to do, and I've told you this a million times. The, the way to be Trump, offer something better. That's all it is. They can't because look at what the Democratic Party has become. They can't offer something better. People are reaching for Trump out of desperation because of yeah. what the Democrats have done to this country. Well, Bill Maher is putting down the, the Democrats all the time. He thinks they're, they've gone mental. He's, but he doesn't understand. I know, but he doesn't understand that core thing, that core thing. And, I, and, and I, until people get there, they're not going to be able to solve this problem. Okay. I don't, you know, we'll see how it goes, but... Anyway, that's why I don't watch him. But um, you read that. And I want to say something before we sign off for your Please. podcast, which I haven't ever done yet. But um, okay. I'm just going to say it in a very formal podcasty voice, mm -hmm. which I should probably have said at the beginning of this thing. Mm -hmm. mm. I'm going to say, OK, well, now for a little housekeeping. Um, thanks for listening to to uh, Oscar Poker. If you mm -hmm. like this podcast, please consider uh becoming a paid subscriber we're going to be offering more um more content in the future for for the premium subscribers like personal interviews and uh jeff's going to talk about his life and some that will be behind a paywall so mm -hmm. if you like this show and you're interested in it uh consider donating all the money goes to hollywood elsewhere it doesn't go to me um, it's a hundred percent a Jeff Wells thing. So if you've made it all the way through this podcast and you want us to keep going, <laughs> then you think about becoming a paid subscriber, uh, and maybe that's, leaving us a review on iTunes. That's very, very nicely put. Thank you for uh, doing that. Yeah. I, we don't do it enough and we should always do it at the beginning and at the end. And, and, mm. you know, because there's no point in, I mean, the whole point of doing this is, you know, to try to help you bake a little bit of a side income. Yep. Yep. So, okay. Lovely talking to you. Lovely talking usual. to you. Have have a nice uh, Sunday. Okay, you too. All right, bye bye.
Bye.